your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 694 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And the Rangers coming off of uh, really kind of a gut punch, 3-2 to two, uh, shootout loss to the Colorado Avalanche. The Rangers have now lost three in a row. Uh, one of those losses was in overtime, but it's still a three-game losing streak. And this game against the Avalanche could best be described as a mixed bag. I thought for the most part, it was certainly a step in the right direction for the New York Rangers. They played a lot better in this one than they did in either of the two preceding games, particularly from the start of the second period onward. You know, I thought the first period was a little bit shaky, which ironically is kind of uh, the opposite of what we saw in the two preceding games. I thought in both those games against the Sharks, as well as the Blue Jackets, you know, the Rangers had a good start to those games, a good first eight or 10 minutes, and then just kind of fizzled out after that. This game, kind of the opposite, a little bit of a slow start. Then they really uh, kind of got going and, uh, you know, played well for the most part, although there is certainly uh, still a lot you could nitpick here uh, if you're a Ranger fan because, you know, yes, the effort was there. They skated well. Uh, they played with intensity. They played with some urgency, which they had not done in either of the two preceding games, in my very humble opinion. But there were just still too many incidents where they were just kind of shooting themselves in the foot, you know, unforced errors, quote unquote, uh, for the New York Rangers in this game. And we're going to break down some of those. Uh, I can't go a second further without giving a shout out to both goalies, Igor Shosturkin and Alex Georgiev, a uh, matchup that I know a lot of people uh, were intrigued to see play out. And uh, neither one of those guys disappointed. They were absolutely fantastic. We're going to break down their performances. Also going to look at a couple of highlight real goals from the New York Rangers. Uh, going to talk about a strange rule that I think the NHL should probably addressed sooner rather than later. Uh, there was a, a decision made by Gerard Gallant that I did not agree with that I will get into a, a little bit later in this episode as well. Talk about the shootout. Going to talk about everything, uh, you know, for the most part in today's episode or as much as we can in 30 minutes or less. Um, but yeah, for the most part, you know, in a nutshell, I would say that this game was a step in the right direction, but uh, still not as good as the Rangers can play and uh, still not a complete 60. So we're going to talk about all that. We're also going to talk about Igor Shesterkin's gaffe. I forgot to mention that. Um, but yeah, for the most part, uh, overall, again, a solid night for the New York Rangers, and you just hope that it leads to a win uh, against the Islanders tonight. I did want to also mention a couple of lineup changes. Uh, Jimmy Vesey back into the lineup with Philip Hedl now out of the lineup. Hedl going to miss, uh, they said, at least four games. So one down, three to go as far as Philip Hedl's absence. Uh, VZ was out there on the third line with Goudreau and Kraftsoff, and then the fourth line, Blake Carpenter-Reeves. You also had Libor Hayek slotting back into the lineup in place of Zach Jones uh, and skating alongside Braden Schneider. Neither one of them played a whole lot in this game. The Rangers really relied on their big four as far as the defensemen are concerned. Uh, I thought Hayek did okay, and I was fine with him getting a game here. It's fine if he mixes in every now and then, especially if you know, he plays at or near Jones's level. I, I don't think Jones has really done anything to separate. I do think Jones should get the lion's share of the games, as I've said all along on here, because he just has more upside. And 
you know, you want to give him some rope early in the season, and hopefully by the time we're getting toward the end of the season and hopefully a playoff run, uh, Jones is, uh, you know, ready to go and uh, looking like he's firmly entrenched in the lineup. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, Hayek, like I said, did fine in this game. Sometimes when Leeward Hayek doesn't stand out, it's a good thing, and I think that was kind of the case here. But uh, as far as the goalies, I mean, my God, just ridiculous. An absolute goaltender clinic inside Madison Square Garden last night. Igor Shesterkin stops 42 of 44 shots. Alex Georgiev stops 44 of 46 shots. So, yeah. As far as, you know, some of the greatest hits, I mean, look, we, we could talk about these two guys the entire episode. It could be the whole episode if I wanted it to be, but we'll kind of give you guys the clip, the cliff notes and uh, the best of the best as far as uh, their saves are concerned. Uh, Igor Shesterkin early in this game, just a nasty save on Nathan McKinnon. There was a play where Adam Fox could not handle the puck. It kind of just, the puck went to the center of the ice. Fox was there. He tried to stop it with his skate. It got past him. McKinnon with a golden opportunity. And, uh, you know, Igor Shesterkin kind of bails out his defenseman there. And that was kind of a theme in this game. There were a couple of plays where, you know, again, this goes back to what I was talking about, where the Rangers are just kind of shooting themselves in the foot and just permitting too many scoring chances that should not be happening. And you can't do that really against any team. You definitely can't do that against the Colorado Avalanche. But uh, Igor Shesterkin up to the task far more often than not in this game. Uh, there was another situation. I just mentioned Fox. There was a situation with Ryan Lindgren not too long after this in the first period. You had uh, Lindgren kind of pinched a little bit. He was coming up to you know play the puck. In Lindgren's defense, it, the puck took a really weird hop here and went over his stick, but still, he let it get by him. It's a 2-1-1 the other way, and uh, Igor Shesterkin came up there big as well, once again, making a pad save against Nathan McKinnon, and then right after that, uh, Rantanen had a shot at it as well, and you had Igor moving to his right to stop him. Uh, Capo Caco ended up taking a penalty during all this uh, insanity here, but uh, Igor once again holding down the fort. And then uh, Alex Georgiev, not to be outdone, uh, he had a really nice... Uh, stop on a one-timer from Mika Zibanejad. Fox is along the goal line. He passed back to Mika. Uh, Mika winds back and just blasts. We've seen him score on that one-timer so many times this year and in other seasons as well. Uh, but, you know, Alex Georgiev turns it aside there. Igor Shesterkin had to make 19 saves in the first period. Like I said, it was a goalie clinic for both these guys. Uh, I thought maybe Alex Georgiev's best save of the night occurred in the second period. You had Panarin passing to Trocek. Uh, Trocek then passed in deep to Alexi Lafreniere. Uh, he had it on his backhand and just full extension for Alex Georgiev, kicking out his left pad and uh, robbing Lafreniere on the doorstep there. Uh, another really nice one for Alex Georgiev occurred in the third period. Uh, Panarin to Goodrow. Goodrow was up the left side. Goodrow was shooting from a tough angle on this play. And of course, he scored later in the game. Uh, but this time, uh, he couldn't beat Alex Georgiev. Georgiev basically just extended his glove, snagged it out of the air, froze the puck. A uh, really nice save there. And then uh, we might as well throw out one more Igor Shesterkin save as well. Uh, you had a situation where uh, Panarin tried to lead Trocek up the ice, and this is a rare miscue for this line on this night. I thought for the most part, the Panarin-Trocek-Lafreniere uh, line was far and away the Rangers' best line on this particular evening. Uh, but in this case, you know, once again, Panarin trying to lead Trocek up the ice out of his own zone. Uh, the puck gets knocked down. The Avalanche get a chance out of nowhere, and Igor with a really nice sliding save to his left. At this point, the Avalanche were up. Uh, two to one. So that was a huge save. Keep the Rangers within striking distance. And then, of course, they ended up tying the game later in the th in the third period. Sent it to overtime, sent it to a shootout, and the Rangers uh, came up just a little bit short. But like I said, I, I could go on and on and on. There's probably at least, you know, five, eight, ten saves from each one of these goalies that uh, are worthy of, you know, a highlight reel or whatever you want to call it. But 
Um, we got, we do have to move on to some other things here. There were some other things that happened in this game. Like I said, I really want to get into these Ranger goals. I thought they were absolutely uh, fantastic and, um, you know, just, just excellent passing and, uh, you know, nice to see the Rangers coming back twice in this game. I know they didn't get the win. You go to a shootout, it's always a little bit of a crapshoot. Um, but obviously, once again, nice to see the Rangers coming back a couple of times and scoring these highlight real goals. And honestly, the way Alex Georgiev was playing in this game, the only way you were going to beat him was with a highlight real goal. And the Rangers got two of them, two game-tying goals uh, in this game, one in the second period, one in the third period. We will talk about all that in just a second. But first, just got to let everybody know, today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 because I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great, and I wanted to see what all the hype was about. Now I've been on it for about six months, and I love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy, has kind of a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to each morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's lifestyle-friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it costs you less than $3 a day, you're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, and uh, we just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Lockdown New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And I'm going to talk about a couple of other things here. Uh, we've got to get to these Ranger highlight real goals, and we will do that in just a second. But I did want to call out the Rangers a little bit for the first period, uh, a goal that they gave up while the Avalanche were on the power play. Uh, you had Goudreau, Miller, Truba and Carpenter out there, and in their slight defense, they were on the ice for a long time here. Avalanche maintained possession, uh, had some good passes, some good scoring opportunities early in this power play, but there was a battle for the puck in the corner, and I think this is another goal where the Rangers just flat out got outworked. It just seemed like the Avalanche wanted the puck a little bit more. It kept the offensive zone uh, possession alive for the Avalanche, and obviously, you know, the Ranger penalty killers couldn't get off the ice, and then you end up uh, with McCarr taking a shot, Nachuskinen, Nuchuskin, I always struggle with that. I always try to add an extra syllable to his name for some reason. But he deflects it, puts it in the net, and uh, Avalanche just like that, up one to nothing. So that was unfortunate. Something else that happened in the first period that I, I definitely got to call some attention to. It's just a weird rule from the NHL. So Rangers, you know, they've got the puck in the offensive zone. And like I said, I thought the Panarin, Trocek, Lafreniere line was the best of the night for the New York Rangers. These guys, more often than not, were buzzing, uh, making some good passes, creating some scoring chances, just looking dangerous, passing the eye test every single time they were on the ice. But this was just really weird. So puck's in the offensive zone, and Lafreniere's in front of the net. You know, he's battling for, for position there. And he's up against two players on the avalanche. One of the players on the avs, his stick goes up, and he catches his teammate in the face. Ref's arm goes up, and, you know, you think that probably, you know, just based on the flow of this play, you know, the Rangers, again, they're buzzing in the offensive zone. 
you kind of just assume that, okay, well, that's got to be a penalty on the Avalanche. You know, they were back on their heels. They're trying to prevent a scoring opportunity. Somebody probably hooked somebody or something along those lines. But then you realize that Lafreniere is going to the penalty box, and it's like, well, that's weird. And then you see in front of the net that he got called for a high-sticking penalty, but his stick never touched anybody. Uh, the, the stick of the one player on the Avalanche went up and hit his own teammate, and the ref didn't see it that way. He saw that Lafreniere had uh, clipped him with his stick, and so Lafreniere hits to the penalty box. And the really weird part about this is that you can review this, but you can only review it if it's a double minor. So if, 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 if this player on the Avalanche, if this guy had been bleeding, then it would have been reviewable, and they would have looked at it and said, okay, that was not a high stick on Lafreniere. That was friendly fire. One player on Colorado got his teammate, so we're going to erase the penalty, and there's not going to be a penalty against the New York Rangers. But the fact that this player was not bleeding meant that it was not a double minor, which meant that the play could not be reviewed. Got all that? So that's just really weird. I, I think that the NHL really needs to rethink that whole thing. And honestly, Mark Messier was talking about this between periods. This game was on ESPN. The whole, like, bleeding means that it's four minutes and not bleeding means that it's two minutes. You know, I, I've talked about this before on the pass on this show where like, okay, well, if, if one Ranger is going to take a high sticking penalty, you know, get hit with a high stick, you almost want it to be lingering because he's so likely to bleed and it'll be a four minute penalty on the opposition. That's kind of a weird rule too, is it not? I mean, I guess it's kind of a tiebreaker, but you know, it, it all depends. Certain players bleed easier than other ones. And it doesn't mean that the high stick was any less malicious or, you know, any more easy to absorb if you're the player on the receiving end of that. So I don't know. The whole thing is just really, really weird. But the part of this rule that I think really needs to be rethought, once again, is, is just the fact that you can review it if it's a double minor, but not if it's a two-minute penalty. And when this happened, I'm thinking like, you know, the way things have been going lately for this Ranger team, this is going to be a goal for Colorado. And that goes double when you consider the fact that the Avalanche came into this game 9 for 17 on the power play this season, and so then improved it to 10 for 18 on their first opportunity in this game. Uh, fortunately, a really good penalty kill by the New York Rangers, and uh, they stay behind just one to nothing uh, as a result of that. Mika was a standout on this uh, penalty kill for sure. He got a really key clear, uh, intercepted a pass, not threw it down the ice. So good stuff there. Uh, I also want to talk about, we are going to get to these Ranger goals, but, you know, there, there's so many things that happen in this game and so many things that I, I think were critical, you know, as far as uh, determining the result. There was a play, you know, again, I, I've called out a couple of the Ranger defensemen already today. So Adam Fox, you know, he, he had a play where it got through him, led to a scoring opportunity for Colorado. You had Ryan Lindgren where the puck hopped over his stick and uh, resulted in uh, a rush for the Avalanche, and he bailed both of them out. And now he bails out Jacob Truba, arguably... I mean, Ke'Andre Miller might have something to say about this, but three of the top four, we'll say, best defensemen on the Rangers, all of them with a misplay uh, by the time this game was early in the second period that led to a scoring opportunity for the Colorado Avalanche. Obviously not ideal. But basically, offensive zone draw for the Rangers. It goes back to Jacob Truba, and the puck just goes by him. I would say it hopped over his stick, which I, I guess it did to an extent, but this was not... You know, on the Lindgren play, you could at least say like, okay, well, rough bounce, you know, the puck was moving pretty fast. This puck wasn't moving fast at all. It didn't take a bad hop on Jacob Truba. He just missed it. He just flat out missed it, and it results in a breakaway for Rontanen. And as Rontanen is pulling away, Truba tries to, you know, hook him. He does hook him. The penalty is called. Uh, Rontanen still goes in on the breakaway. Igor makes a sprawling save to his left, one of his many, many outstanding saves on this night. 
but it does put Colorado back on the uh, power play. A nice job by the Ranger penalty killers. Uh, Schneider and Carpenter were standouts on this penalty kill, I thought, for the Rangers. Uh, Miko once again, intercepting a pass, clearing it down the ice at the very end of this man advantage. But man, I mean, we're early in the second period here, and we've had three misplays by Three of our best defensemen, Fox, Lindgren, and Truba, they all lead to scoring chances for the Avalanche, and Igor Shesterkin bails them out on every single one of them. So, yeah, not ideal. Uh, again, it, it was a better performance, a better effort for this Ranger team, but there's still too many of these plays where just the shoot-yourself-in-the-foot kind of moments and um, you know, kind of a byproduct of that, the over-reliance on Igor Shesterkin. And what's really ironic is that Igor Shesterkin spent a good chunk of his night here you know, bailing out his teammates, but then he couldn't bail himself out a little bit later in this game when he actually had a, a bit of a miscue. Not a bit of a miscue, a big miscue. And we're we'll gonna get to all that as well as the Ranger goals in just a second here. Okay, so with no further ado, let's look at these Ranger goals. I mean, there were a lot of positives coming out of this game as well. And I, I said coming into it that, you know, if the Rangers won this game in any fashion, you're going to feel good about it as a Ranger fan because you're playing the defending Stanley Cup champions and you're coming off of two very disappointing losses. So a win of any kind would have been nice. Unfortunately, they lose in the shootout. Uh, but again, there were a lot of positives, including uh, you know a couple of uh, highlight reel goals here that were just awesome. You know, that just a joy to watch these these plays develop. Uh, Barclay Goodrow. So I said, you know, we did a uh, a crossover with Chris and Kyle of Locked On Colorado Avalanche. I wanted to throw out a little bit of a bold prediction. I mean, you keep making enough predictions. Eventually, you're going to get a couple of them right. But I said that, uh, you know, Barclay Goodrow would score a goal in this game. I just feel like Goodrow is one of those players, not an offensive juggernaut, but just does a lot of the blue-collar work for the Rangers. One of those guys that's going to pick you up from time to time when you need him to. Uh, he might do this by, you know, blocking a shot with his face or, you know, just some good defensive work, some good work on the penalty kill. Uh, a key face-off win in a big spot, and in this case, you know, some offense as well. So we got to break down this goal here. Uh, but for starters, you actually had a situation where the Rangers had a two-on-one just before this goal happened. I uh, get Carpenter and Blay going in on a two-on-one, a saucer pass from Carpenter to Blay, and Blay unfortunately was not able to handle it. Puck went into the corner, and uh, the Avalanche got it out. But then the Rangers went right back in. Uh, the Avalanche took a shot, went wide of the net. Simi Blay picks up the puck at his own blue line, and uh, he's kind of along the boards on the left side there, starts heading through the neutral zone. He turns toward the center of the ice to his right as he's kind of approaching the offensive zone and leaves a really nice uh, behind-the-back drop pass for Barclay Goodrow. Goodrow carries the puck over the blue line. Now Goodrow is on the left side, and then he passes back to Sammy Blay. And at this point, Sammy Blay's kind of in the center of the ice. He dishes in deep to his right to Jacob Truba. Truba with a beautiful one-touch pass. Uh, back across the top of the goal crease to Barclay Goodrow. Goodrow's running out of room here, running out of real estate, and uh, dealing with a goalie that was on fire in Alex Georgiev. But he still finds a way uh, to uh, just make a great shot. You know, it was in deep, and it, it wasn't like a long shot from far away. But such a sharp angle here. He scores regardless. And a big, big goal from Barclay Goodrow. Getting the Rangers going there and, uh, you know, tying the score at 1-1. One to -one. And, uh, you know, I figure I, I do want to kind of go in order here. But I want to backtrack for just a second because there was a play with Chris Kreider uh, a little bit earlier before this goal happened. The Rangers had started to play better in the second period. Rangers were on the power play, and it looked like Kreider, you know, the puck was in deep to him. He went for the tip-in goal, and he put his arms up thinking that he had scored. Unfortunately, Kreider had not scored, and, you know, the puck was still laying there, and Georgiev kind of fell back on top of it and froze the puck. Um, Kreider is just snake-bitten right now. And I, I thought this was another game where he didn't really play that great. You know, he, there's just, 
there's too many games right now where you're just not noticing Chris Kreider, and it's kind of going back to what Kreider was before this most recent season. I said the other day on this show, and I do maintain this, and you can throw this play on top of the pile here, I do think Chris Kreider has had terrible luck so far this season when it comes to scoring goals. Hit the post a couple of times. He's been robbed by the goalie a couple of times, including this one. And, uh, you know, again, I I think that, you know, if you take all of his scoring chances and, and, you know, compare them to the other players on the New York Ranger team, he's been robbed and had more bad luck than probably everybody else combined. But I don't know. He's putting his arms up in the air here and and the play's still going. Dude, like, just try to finish the play. You know, if, if the puck goes in the net, the ref will point and, you know, the goal horn will go off and everybody will start cheering. I mean, everybody was cheering, but kind of not the best thing ever here that that Kreider was kind of celebrating before uh, the puck went in. And he's probably starting to get frustrated, um, but, you know, you just got to stay with it. He's got to stay with it. And uh, hopefully, you know, the goals will start coming this year like they did last year for Chris Kreider. But I talked about the Goodrow goal. Also going to talk about uh, the miscue by Igor Shosturkin here because this happened in the third period. Uh, The Rangers at this point are tied 1-1 with the Avalanche. And, you know, the Rangers are on the power play. The power play carried over from the second period into the third period. And the Rangers look good. You know, the first 30 seconds or so in uh, the third period here, they're creating some chances. They're still on the man advantage. Once again, the carryover from the second uh, period there. But then you've got a play where Igor, you know, comes way out of his crease to the right side along the boards to play the puck. Uh, he hesitates, has the puck stolen, and it leads to a shorthanded goal for the Avalanche. It was Cogliano who took the puck away from Igor, uh, got it to the center of the ice, and O'Connor scored. Uh, Igor was able to kind of scramble back into his net, but obviously at that point, you know, I mean, he's just kind of flailing and, and trying to get in position, and it was easy pickings for the Avalanche, and a uh, rare bad puck handling by Igor Shesterkin. So really unfortunate to see that. Igor was otherwise phenomenal in this game, but again, just another example of the Rangers shooting themselves in the foot. And I was so mad after this goal went in. Not even really that mad at Igor himself, although he'll be the first one to tell you that he messed up on this play. Just mad because you felt the tide turning in this game. The Rangers tied the game in the second period. The second period was the best period that they had played in in some time, all of these most recent three games combined. And then it goes into the third period, and the Rangers are looking good. They're still on the power play. They're getting some scoring opportunities in the first 30 seconds of the third period. And then another mistake, and just like that, the Avalanche score. I was so mad after this goal. It's probably as mad as I've been uh, so far with any play that the Rangers have made to start the season. Uh, What I did love about this, though, is that the Rangers did not let it bother them. They kept going, and I love the self-awareness here, knowing that Igor Shosturkin has bailed us out so many times uh, over the past few years here, and specifically in this game here tonight, that we owe him one. We got to keep going. They didn't let it bother them, like I said, and they eventually uh, tied this game. It took some time, but with just under six minutes to go, uh, Adam Fox hits the equalizer for the Rangers. And we got to break down this goal as well, because this was just as good as the first one for the Rangers. Just an awesome rush into the zone by the Blue Shirts, just exploding up the ice. Uh, There was a situation here, first of all, where Nathan McKinnon had the puck. He was kind of dancing with it in the Rangers' zone. Fox pretty much just said enough of all that. He just charges McKinnon, uh, knocks him down to the ice, picks up the puck along the right boards, Uh, He goes flying through the neutral zone up the right side, and then he passes uh, back to Chris Kreider. Now, Kreider does get a secondary assist on this play. I know that I said that he wasn't all that visible, and I still stand by that, but uh, at least he gets a point here. Uh, But anyway, Kreider picks up the puck, passes to his left to Jimmy Vesey. Uh, Vesey moves in toward the net, and I think everybody, including Georgiev, thought he was going to shoot. Instead, Vesey passes uh, in deep and to his right, 
to Adam Fox. By this point, Fox had, you know, moved from the boards to the net, and Fox is there, and he tips it into the net, ties the game at 2-2. Two to two. The Harvard connection, the Ivy League connection, whatever you want to call it, VZ to Fox, making it happen here. Fox's instincts are just off the charts here. You know, to, to charge Nathan McKinnon, knock him down, move the puck up the ice, and then find Kreider trailing him, and then immediately move toward the uh, toward the net. I mean, almost thinking like two or three moves ahead in, in a chess game here. That's what Adam Fox is doing on this play, and then finishing from the doorstep, scoring a big, big goal for the New York Rangers. Something that kind of gets lost in the shuffle on this play, though, that I want to call some attention to is uh, Vitaly Kravtsov. Now, Kravtsov did not touch the puck on this play, but if you watch everything develop here, uh, Fox, you know, once he knocks McKinnon to the ice and picked up the puck, Kravtsov was moving up the center of the ice like he was shot out of a cannon, just flying up the ice. And if you watch this replay, go back and watch this goal again. Uh, Kravtsov kind of made this whole thing happen because he's going hard to the net, you know, looking for a pass from Fox. And there's two players on Colorado who were just scrambling to try to catch up with him and try to take him out of the play and try to deny the pass. And uh, another really nice play by Adam Fox there, again, the chess player, understanding not to force a pass to Krasov that was not there, even though Krasov was in the center of the ice. But I really think Krasov, by hustling uh, up the center of the ice on this play and going straight for the net, he really kind of, uh, you know, made this whole thing happen. Because again, a couple of Avalanche players followed him. It freed up Kreider. Nobody was on Kreider. Nobody was on VZ. And then VZ back to Adam Fox. Uh, Colorado was in complete scramble mode here, and it was caused uh, due, at least in part, to Krasov's hustle. Once again, just flying up the center of the ice and trying to get in position for a pass there. So uh, Krasov, you know, the Rangers do need more out of him, but kind of an unofficial assist on this play and something that you could easily miss, I think, because I, I missed it the first time myself, honestly. You know, I watched this Goal happened last night. I didn't notice until I watched uh, the goal happen again this morning. But I do think Krasov had a hand in this goal, uh, assist or no assist. So I wanted to uh, move ahead to the overtime period here because there was a, a questionable decision here by Gerard Gallant at the start of the overtime here. He decides to go with Adam Fox. I mean, no arguments there. You want Fox out there. Um, but he also goes with Chris Kreider and Mika Zibanejad. Normally, I'd be good with this, but what was so weird about this to me is that Panarin and Trocek, I thought, were, you know, two of the best players on the ice for the New York Rangers in this game, and I thought that that second line, the two of them and Alexi Lafreniere, was the best line for the Rangers. And what's really strange about this to me is that in the Rangers' first overtime game of the year, which was against the Sharks, the Rangers went with Panarin and Trocek and Fox, and I didn't think that line was nearly as good in that game as they were in this game here tonight. And, you know, Kreider, mixed results at best in this game. Mika was good. You know, I thought he did a good job defensively. He did a nice job on the penalty kill in this game, but not the best game we've, we've ever seen Mika Zibanejad play. So I'm just watching this, and I'm thinking, like, man, how are we not starting this overtime with Panarin and Trocek? I mean, they might—and Trocek, you know, probably the best Ranger faceoff guy that they have, and, you know, certainly somebody that— you would want out there to win the opening faceoff in overtime because that's that's huge. If you lose that opening faceoff in overtime, there's a decent chance you're not even going to touch the puck in the overtime because there's so much open ice, possession such a key part of overtime, and uh, you want to win that opening draw. Mika lost it. Maybe Trocek would have lost it too. And obviously, look, nobody ended up scoring in overtime, so that's good. But I, I'm just not sure how you don't go with Panarin and Trocek there. A whole lot happened in the overtime. I mean, three-on-three three overtime, you guys know the drill. It's just complete chaos up and down the ice. Rangers actually end up getting a power play during the overtime period. This would have been a heck of a time to snap out of uh, their power play funk that's kind of developed over these last couple of games here. 
Um, Panarin actually had a partial breakaway. This is what led to the power play. And he put the puck just wide. Up uh, the Avalanche uh, had to take a penalty in defending this play. So he had a situation there where it was four on three for the Rangers on the delayed penalty. And, uh, you know, Igor was able to get to the bench. And the Rangers are swarming. Colorado can't touch the puck. You know, there's skaters out there. They hadn't been able to get off the ice in a while. They are dead. They can't even move. And this is where I really thought that the uh, game-winning goal was going to happen. Uh, eventually, the Avalanche get a play stoppage. And the Rangers get the power play. They're not able to score. And, look, I understand on power plays, you know, most of them are going to be unsuccessful. That's just the nature of the beast. Most power plays do not result in a goal. But, man, the Rangers have to find a way to score here. You know, it's four on three. There's so much extra ice out there. You've got Panarin, and you've got Mika, and you've got Kreider, and you've got Fox, and you've got to find a way to put that puck in the net. I'm sorry. I know Alex Georgiev had his A game here, but unfortunately, the Rangers on the power play, and they had uh, the man advantage with 129 to go, so they had enough time here to put one in the net, and they just weren't able to do it and just did not look dangerous enough. The, the best part of this power play was actually the unofficial portion of the power play. It was when the delayed penalty was called against Colorado. Igor goes to the bench. You get the four on three. That's when it looked like the Rangers were dangerous, and that's when it looked like they were going to score. Uh, unfortunately, you know, during the actual power play, I didn't really see it. You know, a couple of clears by Colorado, and uh, just never really a moment on the actual power play there where it looked like the puck was going to go into the net. So then we go to the shootout, and, uh, you know, there's mixed feelings on the shootout. I, I get that. I still prefer this over ties. Um, but I, I got to say here, you know, I got to call out the Rangers at least a little bit. They're shooters in this shootout here. So first of all, you're up against Alex Georgiev. We know his Ranger fans. His biggest Achilles heel when he was here was he's kind of a mess on breakaways and not good in the shootout either. I mean, those two things kind of go hand in hand. And the Rangers, they're shooters in this. They went Kako, they went Mika, they went Panarin, and they went Lafreniere. Panarin was the only one to score, just a highlight real goal there. Uh, Panarin just so lethal in the shootouts. But Kako, Mika, and Lafreniere, they just didn't really do anything. Like, they just kind of skated in and took a shot. No, no real moves, no good dekes, nothing like, you know, kind of in their back pocket here that they went to try. And in defense of Mika, he was shaken up at the end of regulation, so I'm not sure maybe he was still hurting from that. But yeah, I don't know. You know, you watch shootouts, and you guys, we've all seen enough shootouts to know this. There's a certain look that guys have when it looks like they're about to score. When Kaka was going in, I just thought to myself, nope, not happening. When Lafreniere was going in, kind of the same thing. Nope, not going to score here. And I hate to be pessimistic like that, but there was just nothing really happening. They just skated in, took a shot, and that was it. There, there was nothing... You know, you've, you've got a clean breakaway. You're one-on-one -on -one with the goalie. There's nobody chasing it. There's no defender bearing down on you. you got to come with something a little bit better than what we saw from Kako, Mika, and Lafreniere here in the shootout. So frustrating to lose the game this way. You know, Evan Rodriguez, of all people, gets the game winner in the shootout and barrels into Igor Shesterkin on top of that. I was never a fan of Rodriguez when he was on the Penguins. Uh, I mean, who among us was? Um, so, yeah, kind of a gut punch. I, I thought... The Rangers played well enough to potentially win this game, but it still was not their A game. It still was not a complete 60 minutes, and there were still too many instances where, once again, the theme of today's episode, too many instances where the Rangers are shooting themselves in the foot. It was a step in the right direction, though, and I am optimistic. If anything good comes out of it, you went to a four-round shootout with the defending Stanley Cup champions. You came from behind twice in this game to tie the game and ended up with a point uh, for your troubles. So, Again, a step in the right direction, to be sure. And now let's make it count. Let's go into uh, wherever the Islanders play. I mean, it feels like they have a new arena every year. Um, but let's go take on the Islanders here tonight, and let's get two points. You know, if you 
going to overtime and going to a shootout against Colorado and you lose and then you turn around the next night and you beat the Islanders, that's three out of four points against, you know, the Stanley Cup champions and Islander team that's always been a tough matchup for the Rangers over these past couple of seasons here. We'll be feeling really good if the Rangers can get two points here tonight. Uh, we will see. The Rangers are on a back-to-back. The Islanders are not, so they'll have that hurdle to overcome as well. And I figure we could pretty much call it there for today. But one last thing that I wanted to do real quick here is a way-too-early standings check uh, as far as the New York Rangers are concerned. You know, the Rangers, uh, they are one of actually now six teams in the Metro Division that has either nine or eight points. The only teams that don't have nine or eight points are the Blue Jackets. They have six, and the Islanders, who have four. Canes are technically in first place because they have nine points in six games, as opposed to the Flyers, who have nine points in seven games. So, Again, I mean, it's it's very early. I, I figure it, it's late enough into the season, though, where we can at least take a quick glance. Uh, but I would take it with a grain of salt. There's obviously a long way to go here. But big game for the Rangers tonight. And uh, let's keep our fingers crossed that they find a way to get a big two points here. And I, I think if you, once again, if you have a back-to-back against the Avalanche and the Islanders and you get three out of four points, I, I think we'll all be feeling pretty good about that. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to the Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts.